This is Paul Brennan, PJ Professional with Believe in Tennessee Golf here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Our show is a breakdown of all things golf in the volunteer state. We will cover men's and women's golf tournaments, professional amateur events, and dive into junior golf as well. We will talk to the players, the instructors, and the organizers. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available on your favorite directories, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminaire, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at pbrandon21 or on Twitter at QIC underscore golf pro. So, week two of the quarantines and the lockdowns. And again, don't want to dive too far into this, so I want to keep it positive and upbeat. I'm seeing a lot of people out playing golf. Be healthy with that. Be safe. I know the clubs have turned the flags, uh, turned the cups upside down. They are asking you not to touch the flags. Most in this area have gone walking only. Um, So, again, everybody out there, be safe. With very little golf being played on the tours, I want to congratulate a friend of mine, Ryan Terry, for winning the Florida Azalea Amateur uh, down in Florida this past week. Uh, he was playing in the event, shot 69-66, uh, had a two-shot lead going into it. Steve Albright shoots a 63 closing. Ryan's tied going into the last hole, knocks it to 15 feet, cards his 69 to win by a shot. So again, congratulating Ryan. Um, He won the state mid-amateur in 2018 and was the runner-up in the player of year points uh, in 2019. So great playing there, Ryan. And we'll shift gears now from Ryan Terry to my interview of the week. All right, everyone, I want you to say hello to my good friend, Lauren Personette. Lauren is the general manager at McCabe Golf Club uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, one of the Metroplexes. Uh, Lauren is an amazing player. He won't ever brag on himself unless he's uh, over a few drinks with me afterwards. But uh, he is 11-time player of the year in the state of Tennessee in the regular division, five-time assistant player of the year. Lauren, say hello to everyone. Hello, everyone. How you doing out there in this such a tough uh, time we're going through right now? But hello to everyone. <laughs> well, Lauren, thanks for taking some time for your day to be in with me. Um, I know you're kind of running ragged with everything that's going on out there, but so let's just kind of get you to know the get to know everybody. So tell me about your history. How did you get into golf? Um, did you play junior golf? Did you play high school golf? Tell me about your college career. I kind of know the answers, but I want everybody else to hear your version of the story. Okay, great. I got started playing golf when I was uh, a freshman in high school. One of my dad's buddies came by on a Saturday afternoon, and we were out in the garage working on my dirt bike, because I rode dirt bikes up until, well, I rode them up until I was 16 or 17. And This good gentleman's name was Chuck Jordan. He came in and he was all discouraged and said he was quitting golf and he was going to give away his clubs. And uh, I told him, I said, Chuck, I said, don't give them away. I'll take them. So I kind of hinted that. And then he said, well, just go out to my truck. There at the back of the truck. There's a pull cart, bag, woods, irons, everything. Just get it out. It's yours. So me and my dad made a deal the next time that uh, they were camping with us. For me to wax his camping trailer or his motorhome, I don't remember what they had at the time. So that's how I got my first set of clubs. And the next week, 
I told my mother, I said, Mama, you need to take me to the bookstore. And she's like, bookstore? What do you want at the bookstore? So I said, I need a couple of golf books. I'm going to learn how to play golf. And she laughed. And uh, so sure enough, she took me to the bookstore. And I got, uh, I guess it would be the five fundamentals of golf from Ben Hogan. Is that what it's called? Ben Hogan's Five Fundamentals. Right, I got that, and then I got a Jack Nicholas Golf My Way book, and it had more pictures on it. And uh, so I read those books for a couple of weeks and kind of got curious. And we lived over off of Knowlesville Road, close to Wright Junior Hospital. And uh, one afternoon, when I got out of school, I went and got all the balls out of that bag because I had no balls. And I took a brown paper bag with, uh, I don't know, 15 to 20 golf balls and went over to the school and started hitting some You know, just kind of what I'd read for a couple of weeks. and That's kind of how I got started. And from there... The first time I ever played golf was at Smyrna. A lot of people probably don't know that one. And uh, this so happened that about a month later, they made an announcement at, uh, at school that anybody wanted to go out for the golf team come out to the gym after school. So I went down to the gym, and uh, there was like five of us that showed up. That was it. So the coach walked in, and, he handed us a piece of paper and said, fill this out. So we started filling out our paperwork. And he says, okay, looks like all you guys are on the team. And he started going around and asking everybody what they shot and how many, you know, what they played or whatever. He got to me and I told him, I said, well, coach, I've never played. I said, I've hit balls a few times up at Wright Junior High. And at this, I was at Glencliffe High School at the time, just down the road. He said, fine, great, you're on the team. He says, if you want to play, you're on the team. So I had been playing basketball up until that point. I'd made the ninth grade basketball team. I played ninth grade basketball. And then the next, uh, my 10th grade, I made the, I guess it would either be B team or junior varsity team. And then at that point, I was into golf so much, I kind of dropped basketball and went full, full board to golf. So. I played uh, four years of high school golf and then uh, didn't have any scholarship offers. So uh, I went into Coach Charlie Anderson, who was the basketball and baseball coach at Aquinas. And he told me, he asked me where I was going to school next year. I don't know. I maybe met him a couple times or something and, I told him I didn't know what I was going to do because I didn't have any offers or anything. And he said, well, why don't you come to Aquinas? He said, uh, we're starting a golf team and love to have you. So he ended up giving me like a half of a scholarship. So I went to Aquinas the first year and ended up uh, winning the district or our regional one. So I, got, I qualified for the NAI National Tournament in Fort Myers, which was my first venture outside of Tennessee. And then up to this point, I probably only played maybe, I think I played three junior events. I played in the school 
It used to be called Schoolboy. Now it's called School Days, which I currently run at McCabe. I played in the Schoolboy two years, my junior and senior year, finishing second uh, senior year. And then I played in one other junior up to that point. So I played the, the first year there, and then I had kept getting a little better each year. And I asked somebody in town where I could, uh, where should I go and get a lesson? So the one guy's name that came up a couple of times was Will Brewer at Bell Mead Country Club, the assistant golf professional. And I told a couple of those people that told me that, I said, well, I can't afford to go to Bell Mead. And uh, so they said, no, you can't really. That's what you need to go see. So I ended up, I think I took three lessons from Will Brewer while he was the assistant at Bell Mead Country Club. Which they were pretty interesting lessons. And at that point, all I had to do was practice and play golf all summer. So and that's kind of how my golf career got started. And then after, I guess, my third lesson with him, he said, uh, what are your plans next summer, next year for school? And I said, well, I'm going to finish up at Aquinas, and I don't know after that. And he said, well, you are too... Uh, you should go to Lipscomb for your final three years. And so I ended up, he ended up hooking me up with uh, the coach at uh, Lipscomb. And his name was Ralph Samples. He was a fine fellow. He was a golf coach, director of testing, and a psychology teacher at the school. Great fellow. Still known to this day, and he still comes out every once in a while, plays at McKay, but great fellow so um, he told me we got together and I had never played on fast greens to that point I kind of learned playing at the municipal courses where they were you know slower and not as I would say well manicured as a at that point as a country club so we played at Temple Hills and those greens at that time were lightning quick especially from eight. And so I went out and played with him uh, one afternoon, and me and him walked 18, and I shot 80 with eight three-putts because I'd never been on greens that fast. So he told me after that that uh, I could walk on, and if I made a team, he'd be able to give me some uh, scholarship help, but I would have to make the team first. So after discussing it with my father, he said that that would probably be the thing for me to do. So ended up uh, transferring to Woodston, walking on. And then that fall, we had about, oh, I'd say it was between 25 and 30 guys going out for, I believe, two spots on the golf team. And uh, I think I won the qualifying by maybe 20 to 25 strokes. It was 72 holes over a period of time. And uh, so I made a team. And from that point on, I don't believe I missed a, a tournament for my final three years at Lipscomb. Um, and then after getting out of Lipscomb, my last year of school, just uh, 
went into the Prelude Temple Hill. Of course, we played at like four different places while I was there. We played at Temple, played at Nashville Golf and Athletic, which is now. And then we played at Nashville Village and then a few times at Hermitage. And uh, so Randy Hilton actually was the head professional there. He asked me, he offered me a job to get in the golf business. And I said, well, I'll see. And I don't know what exactly I'm going to do. So uh, I ended up taking the position. And uh, that's kind of how I got into, uh, I guess, GA professional ranks. And from there, it's just kind of been kind of priceless, really. I've learned to basically play this game myself and with only probably five lessons in my whole lifetime. And that's kind of where I'm at to this point. So, first of all, Lauren, you're going to put me out of business by being self made. But anyway, so recap. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You get into the game because of a friend of your dad's. You read a couple of books. You make your high school team. Right. You play all the way into high school. You earn yourself a college scholarship before you take your first lesson. Right. Three lessons with an instructor, and he recommends you play for another school. You transfer over, play there, and now you're a PJ professional. And again, like I said, 11-time player of the year. Uh, again, just an amazing self-taught story. Again, you just get it around the golf course, and anybody that's played with you knows that. Uh, you don't make a lot of mistakes. You putt very well. You get it in the hole. So let's get into the playing side. So again, 11-year player of the year, five-time assistant player of the year. Now, I kind of know some of these answers, but I'm, I'm, I'm lost on them. How many PGA Tour events have you played in? I played in two PGA Tour events and uh, probably five, I believe five, which would be maybe six. It actually, the first one I got into was the Ben Hogan Tour. I believe the first year it started, I Monday qualified up in Knoxville. And then maybe five, it was between Nationwide and Web.com. And which is now the Corn Ferry Tour. Which is now the Corn Ferry Tour. And, and actually, I'd say one of my greatest stories was making the cut and the last one I played in up at Fox Den and I had to call work on Friday afternoon and tell them that they were going to have to change the schedule because I had myself down to open on Saturday morning so that was kind of a fun story in itself. <laughs> oh that was uh if I remember that correctly that's the year you'd spoiled the coffee on your foot before you went out to play? Exactly, yeah. When, uh, uh, about a week, less than a week before, I was at the, uh, I guess the condiment island there at McCabe, and somebody came around the corner, and I took my hand, and the coffee spilled right onto my foot, and uh, I still have those pictures of my foot being blistered up, and I worked the rest of the day. I probably should have went to the to the hospital and got some first aid put on it. It was a really, really bad coffee, or I guess a burn. And uh, so that next Tuesday, I headed to Knoxville with my great buddy, D. Wayne Lindsay, who was caddied for me in many events. And um, I was, I had found one pair of golf shoes that I could lightly lace. And uh, I ended up having to walk 72 holes on that foot. So I, 
I wore the same pair of shoes every day, and when we got done playing, I ended up going to the, straight to the hotel and sucking it in Epsom salt water and putting, you know, burn salve on it and aloe vera and everything I could think of. But it did heal up. They were all good and no infection, so I made it through that. But it was quite a fun week. Oh, so we always aggravate you that uh, you're the reason we no longer have the uh, qualifiers is because you made the cut and beat a couple of major winners. Right. That was the last time I believe we were able to get, I think we had three spots at that point. And uh, the next year the uh, they took our spots away, and then I think that money actually, sponsorship money goes to our section championship. Yeah, the PGA, um, and again, Joey talked about this on his last week, but the PGA has sponsored in, bought out our spots, and that money goes to our club pro, uh, which we're going to lead into in just a second. And, and again, it helps pay the field bigger and gives us gives us more to play for. It's The honor playing the tour, but it's amazing. But at the end of the day, you know, you're one of the few guys to ever make the cut as a club pro in there, so we're all jealous of you. But now we get a chance to put some of that money in our pockets. Right. So, talking about the club pro, so we have the qualifier every year. How many times have you qualified and gone to the national club pro? Paul, that's a good question. I do not know that one. Um, I am guessing probably between seven and nine club pros I've played in, which is a great event. I mean, I've played in it. Probably three times when the field was 156 players. And then I've played maybe the rest of the times when the field is uh, 316 players, I believe. So people don't know. So what it is, it's our major here in the state. We all get together. We play for three days. Um, Depending on how many people play determines the qualifying spots. We'll have somewhere between three and six players make it. They'll then go to the national ranks um, and, and play there, and then that field's cut down, and eventually the top 20 get invited to the PGA Championship. Um, how close, or have you ever played in the PGA Championship, or how close have you been to making that level? Uh, the closest I came, I believe, was maybe 42nd position, two strokes out of making the playoff, I believe. The last one I played in in Stone uh, River, I was fortunate enough and lucky the first day to have the first round lead. So I can say that I beat 316 golf professionals around the country, at least one day anyway. <laughs> and again, you beat most of us every day. So let's get into your greatest golf memory of all time. Whether it's in a major, whether it's growing up, just just tell me about your best memory in golf. What what are you excited to talk about? Wow. Uh, one of my memories would have been, uh, I guess, that gentleman who gave me those clubs. He came out and watched me play a local event at uh, Halter's Hills. They used to, years ago, used the Ted Rhodes uh, golf tournament used to be held at Harper's Hills, and I'd already turned professional. And Chuck actually came out and walked 18 holes with me and watched me play. So him and my dad came out, actually, and watched me play 18 holes. And I believe 
if I'm not mistaken. I still have the scorecard. And I had four birdies and 14 cars, and they were, of course, Chuck was just amazed at how far I'd come. And I'd say that to me, that was one of the, one of the times that I'll always remember. Now, I'll go ahead and, uh, again, knowing you for as long as I have and playing as much golf as I have with you, but I always joke about you and Kenny Perry having something in common, winning the same tournament. Tell me about that. Uh, the uh, Capital City Invitational used to be a big event there at my cave where I'm now the general manager. Oh, it used to be, when I tried to get in for years, uh, it used to be 300-plus players. And uh, back, this was back when, before Titans, Predators, and used to be a big event here in Nashville, and I believe it was uh, 1996 when I won it. And I had lost to him maybe two or three years before that by one or two strokes. And I believe maybe around 90 or 91 or somewhere around there, he won that tournament and uh, made enough money to go to Q School, in which he earned his his PGA Tour card, and he never lost it after that. So that that's a good memory also. Yeah, and I know he's a local hero, and he gives back so much to the, co- the colleges and the schools around here. Correct, yes. So going into 2020, I know we're in a little bit of state of flux right now with tournament golf and things like that, but once we get back out playing, what are kind of your goals? When you sit down for the year, uh, and again, I, we, we've joked as you went from number, from 10-time to 11-time now, what are your goals for the year pushing forward to attain possibly that 12th uh, player of the year, or, or what are your plans this year? Wow, that's a good question. I, I try not to uh, try not to really think about the long, you know, the the long term goals or anything like that. And kind of like golf, what you're supposed to do, it's one stroke at a time, but I sure would like to get number 12. Uh, being one of the older players, I would say, that's still playing in the regular division. Of course, Walt Chapman still plays regular division a lot of times, too. And being 55 years old, uh, competing against the young young guys, it's going to be tough, but maybe, just maybe with the uh, a condensed or limited tournament schedule. I could throw together some good tournaments see how it comes out. So I talked to our friend Jared Melson earlier in the year on the podcast. He talked about the same thing. He doesn't like to see the end goal, but he likes the processes. And I mentioned, you know, goals that I tend to do are, are hit more fairways or hit more greens or have less than 30 putts or whatever I decide for that year. Is that kind of the same process you go through? It is, yeah. I mean, you... I mean, uh, like I said, I mean, it's it's just shot to shot. And for some reason, I've always been good at being able to, you know, not concentrate on the big picture and just kind of focus on what's next at hand. So, but yes, it is more fairways, more greens, fewer putts. No doubt that leads to, you know, like you know, lower scores. So if you said there was one area that you focus the most on in your game 
Is it your driving? Is it your iron play? Is it your wedge play? Is it your putting? What what one area do you figure is your key to success? Oh, mine is definitely from 100 yards in. I believe, uh, especially most of the courses we play, we're going to have a lot of shots from, you know, pitching wedge, sand wedge, all the way into the hole, even chipping and pitching around the greens. And you have to putt well to win any event or contend. So I'd say from 100 yards in, really. And I mean, that's the key. As you talk to so many of the, the, the students you work with and the players out there, it's, you know, 75% of the game occurs from 120 yards and in. So if that's where you're going to put any time in, um, it's a great thing to do. I know you have a putting green um, or a synthetic turf up in your um, upstairs that you're practicing putting on as we're all kind of in this state of confusion of what's going on. But again, it's a great time to work on some small pitches in the yard and, and some putting. Um What's the one go-to putting drill that you have? What's your fallback? Uh, I have a, uh, a putting track where it's, it's an arc putting track, and I try to get you know the the blade right along that arc, and you know which opens the face a little bit, squares it, closes it, which basically releases the toe of the putter. Um, that I would say, along with uh, Speed, you got to work on your speed. Um, of course, you know speed and line is everything on putting. So I would say that, and you know, I do go out in the yard every once in a while. I guess my neighbors think I'm crazy, but pitch a few balls around the yard. So definitely. Perfect. Well, Lauren, I want to be mindful of your time again. I know you kind of get to get back at it, but I want to thank you so much for coming on. Um, any closing words for the uh, audience? Oh, I would just say uh, if you guys will be patient, this uh, hopefully this pandemic will end soon and we'll be back out on the course and we can resume our normal activities. But uh, we need to follow all the CDC guidelines and just you know stay as healthy as you can and be ready when this thing does end. Well, that was our time today with the 11-time Player of the Year here in the state of Tennessee. Lauren's an amazing player, good friend of mine. I've known him since I turned professional, been playing with him and against him and losing to him most of the time. I want to thank him again for his time. And everybody, be safe. Uh, I know some rules are changing, so if you can play golf, play. If not, do what's best for your family, and we'll talk to you next week.